Before we get started, I just wanted to say that this podcast episode will be almost identical to the radio broadcast, censoring and all. This was one of the first episodes that we recorded and we're still figuring out the workflow. Because it will be censored for the rest of the podcast, I wanted to take this moment to tell you that the album is called Bastard Performer, and you can find it wherever you get your music. Okay, on with the show. I'm Talon Stradley, and this is The Whole Way Through, the show where we listen to the entirety of an artist's album and then sit down with that artist to talk about everything that went into creating that collection of music. I first met Bundy last year when I was playing Dungeons and Dragons at my friend Clark's house. Clark's older brother, Chris, was coming back from a show when he brought Nani Serna, the face of Bundy, back with him. Chris introduced us and we got to talking. I told him about Newton's Darkroom and he really liked the whole idea. When I drove home that night, I listened to their debut album, Performer, and I was blown away. The production of it all was so clean sounding with multiple layers of horns, rousing beats, and raw vocals. This wasn't just four people messing around, this was a real album. And now of course, I have found many amazing local bands since then, some of which were just four people messing around. But Bundy was the band that made me realize that the people in my backyard were just as good, if not better, than any artist I could find on a billboard. So, without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Nani Serna from Bundy. My name's Nani, and I'm from Bundy, and we're gonna be breaking down performer. Uh, we've been uh, playing music for about two or three years or something like that, and this uh, performer's our first full-length LP, or not, not, a lo- not necessarily on vinyl, but it's our uh, first record. We had two EPs before that, uh, three actually, we had three EPs before that, and then um, we put out Performer about, I don't know, a year ago almost now, we put out in January of 2018, and uh, yeah, and that's about it for that. We'll get back to Nani in a second, but first, we're going to listen through the entirety of Performer back to back. If you are already familiar with Bundy's album, Bastard Performer, then you can press your skip 30 button approximately 74 times at the tone, or you can scrub through to the 40 minute mark. But I highly encourage you to give the album a listen. It is sincerely one of my favorites coming out of Long Beach. So without further ado, here's the tone, and here's Bastard Performer by Bundy. Thank you. 
You're listening to The Whole Way Through, featuring Bundy, on KLBP Long Beach Public Radio on 99.1 FM and online at klbp.org.
pie and emptier the more you try. Consume it, repeat it, consume it, repeat it.
You're listening to The Whole Way Through on 99.1 KLBP Long Beach Public Radio and streaming online at klbp.org. We just listened to Bundy's album, Performer, and now we're going to be sitting with Bundy to discuss the album and what went into creating it. Nani, what was the start of the album? Yeah, so um, between our second EP and the album, we had met our new guitar player, Johnny. And Johnny, of course, when he came in, added an, a second guitar to our sound. And so the first song we actually wrote on that uh, was called uh, Holy Vultures, was the second song on the album. And what happened was we were asked to do um, uh, to submit to a, 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 co- a compilation CD for Long Beach. It was called the Long Beach Music Collective. And every song, uh, every album, every every compilation had a theme to it. And the theme to the one that we uh, did was uh, political. And so we wrote Holy Vultures. And then from there, we just kind of started writing here and there and then eventually formed the full uh, album. Yeah. What kind of change in development did this album bring compared to some of your earlier work? Well, the earlier ones didn't have two guitars, so we weren't able to create a lot of the rhythms and melodies at the same time kind of thing. Like before, I was doing the melodies at the same time as the rhythm guitar. So it was kind of complicated to jump back and forth between riffs. And then when Johnny came on, we were able to do both, so that added a lot. But then also on the on the Reformer album, we wanted to get a little more grandiose with the production of it, and so we introduced horns onto some of the songs and, and synthesizers and, well, an organ, synthesizer organ. But um, So yeah, we, were, we weren't trying to limit ourselves to, like, this is what we sound like live. We were trying to make an album that had a mood and a feeling and had movements. So speaking of live music... When did you first start performing songs from the album live? We were we were actually playing the songs for about six to seven months before we started writing the or recording the album. And uh, you know when you're when you're when you're working on songs for an album, it takes a long time to build up enough material for an album. Sometimes, uh, and then by the time you start recording an album, a year has passed, and you're <laughs> you're not sick of the songs, but you've heard them a billion times. You know what I mean? What's your favorite song to perform live from the album? Uh, my favorite song off of Performers, Lavender and Chamomile. It's a really fun song for me. It's a lot of weird jumping around on the fretboard. and uh, You know, it's basically only three chords, but it's more than that on my end. What is the significance of the song Lavender and Chamomile? Because I know I've heard you talk about that a few different times. Yeah, Lavender and Chamomile was written as an anti-love song to my girlfriend at the time. So there was a point, period in our relationship where I guess I, you know, might have promised that I would have written her a love song. And then I realized that I can't write love songs. Like, that's just not in my body, you know? Like, the all the weird, sad things that I've been through in my life, like, I only know how to write sad music. So when I got around to trying to write a love song, I wrote about how I can't write a love song. And so a lot of the imagery in the song is based on her and uh, a lot of the the ideas of my failures as a as a boyfriend, I guess. Which song was the hardest to record on the album? I think the hardest song to record on the album was Manic. Manic was a really difficult one because there's two there's two uh, there's two different sides to the song, right? So the first half is really mellow. That's like, you know, if when you're manic, you can be really mellow sometimes and then when you're when you're the other way around, you're really up and you're a little wild. And the way that we recorded the song um it was a little difficult because there's a bit of a tempo change in the middle uh, and uh, a lot of weird little uh, parts that are just like slightly longer than four, you know, four, four or whatever. So, yeah, it was a little difficult to get the timing right on that one. 
but um, I think we did an okay job. Yeah. What does the phrase performer mean to you? Performer, the title track of the album came from the feeling of performing on stages to people who I feel like didn't really care about our music and feeling like all the all the times that my father would tell me you're wasting your time with music maybe he was right and feeling like when you're on stage and when you're starting out especially it can be really hard when no one cares no, no one really knows who you are and uh, and no one really gives you a chance really and so you kind of feel like what am I doing up here and why am I why am I doing this so what made you choose that song and that phrase that that feeling to be the symbol of the album. I'm really driven by a need to prove myself to other people. I feel like I've been taken when you know when I was younger I was taken a lot uh what's the word um people when I was younger people didn't really pay attention to me because they thought I wasn't cool enough or something and so at some point I decided that I was going to prove them wrong and the performer is just kind of my way of saying like everyone feels that way sometimes and hopefully you know, I don't know, people can identify with that. Who made the album cover? The album cover was done by a good friend of ours named Hiro King Photography. Uh, he, he's a friend of mine. He's been friends with me for maybe almost, you know, 15 years or something. It's a long time. And um, he's a photographer and he likes to take weird pictures. And sometimes sometimes he gets, you know, sometimes we'll like uh, get our studio backdrop and stuff. And he'll do weird stuff. But this particular photo, he, was, he went to... Um, some sort of museum or some sort of art fair or something and there was this weird mirror uh, installation and this woman was sitting in front of it and he sent me the photo and said this is a picture of you know she looks like a lonely woman I feel like maybe that you guys could use this and when I saw the photo it really reminded me about the idea of the of the so in, in performer there's a line that says I can't see in front of me and in the mirror that the woman's standing in front of she can't you can't see her the reflection of her face and I'm just trying to say, like, sometimes you don't see yourself for who you are. Did you guys put a lot of thought into the track order of the album? Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what went where. Uh, we ended up putting, um, uh, what's the name of the last song? <laughs> what's the name of our last song? Uh, they've Left Us. We ended up putting They Left Us last because we felt like it was, you know, it was it was probably the most grandiose song that we wrote on that album it was very like there's a lot of horns there's a lot of like different movements and that's a political song i don't think people know that it's about a uh, feeling like um feeling like people have, you know they don't think about us you know yeah. and that's why we lost our faith because the government doesn't really see it our way or whatever but um yeah and then you know just trying to keep the energy up at the beginning and then kind of bringing it back down and bringing it back up again at the end you're listening to The Whole Way Through in our interview with Bundy on KLBP Long Beach Public Radio on 99.1 FM and online at klbp.org. So, Holy Vultures was the first song you wrote for this album. What was the last song that you wrote? The last song we wrote was uh, Fill the Well. Oh. Fill the Well, yeah. We wrote that song... Because I was feeling really low about consumerism and how people get really into filling the holes in their souls with uh, things. And so I just wrote a song about it, about how, like, wouldn't you like to try to be a better person? Or would you rather spend money on something that'll not mean anything to you in a day? 
What did the writing process look like for this album? The writing process was mostly done in the kind of like rehearsal process. So like writing the songs together in a room and um, a lot of it was kind of me hearing a certain sound and telling the guys, trying to translate that sound to them and then them, you know, band filtering it to create their own idea of it. And um, and then after that, once we had the, ba- the basic bones of the, the songs, we recorded them and kind of like kind of moved little parts around, very simple little things that we would change around and then adding layers on top of that to create textures. I know you have a lot of like, you know, cool guitar parts, synthesizers, horns. What was the one sound that you heard and you were like, this, this is something really good? Yeah, I think the, I think the horns in uh, They've Left Us are just so, they're so strong to me. They just, they, they feel like I, I get a little heart tug when I hear them. You guys released a couple of music videos for the album. Is there anything you'd like to mention about the creation of those? Yeah. You know what's funny about Lavender and Chamomile is that was actually uh, my girlfriend that I wrote that song about helped me film that one. And uh, it's just so interesting. The um, I don't know, maybe the irony of her helping me make the song about how I can't write a love song for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then also, uh, you know, Performer, our music video, that took, uh, oh my gosh, that took like nine months of really? planning. Yeah, because we, uh, the the person who helped us do it, uh, he's a student, film student, and he helped us uh, kind of organize it all and all that and film it. And it took us from about February, Febru- February, from when we started thinking about it, to I think uh, right about November, I think, when we finally finished it. Yeah, it took us a long time. Is Lavender and Chamomile your favorite song on the album? Yeah, I think it is my favorite song on the album. I think... It's the one that kind of means the most to me personally. Um, I also, you know, all the other songs obviously mean a lot to me, but I feel like that song, especially at this moment where I'm actually, we actually just broke up. So, yeah. So I'm kind of like still sad about it. And I think about the imagery and all that from the song. And so, yeah, I think it's the most important one to me because, you know, performer was written at a time when I felt like nobody cared about our band and now I feel like people do care a little bit and you know whenever we go to shows I actually get a lot of people coming up to me and saying hi which is amazing I really enjoy that so I the song this this you know the the idea of performer it's still a little there obviously and I'm sure it'll come back that feeling but uh, right now it's it's a more of a love feelings that I'm concerned about. How long were you writing the album before you recorded it? I think we were writing the album from a for about a uh, maybe six yeah maybe about six months. We started writing when Johnny joined the band in November December of the year before, and then we started playing together and we spent a lot of time actually in the rehearsal uh, studio slash songwriting thing. Like we did we weren't playing a lot of shows because we were focusing on on making the music so that we could play it live. And uh, so, yeah, from from about November, December, all the way to uh, January of the next year, that's how long it took us to actually write it all and record it. I know that you've mentioned politics several times throughout the our discussion so far. Was this at all, in a way, kind of a, a response to the 2016 election? It was absolutely uh, very, you know, what was happening at the time, in politics, uh, basically, somebody won who, you know, isn't a politician. And the reason why he won because he's not a politician is because people are sick of politicians. They're sick of the status quo and all that stuff. And I totally understand 
that mentality of feeling like the the people that you elected to to do right by you are aren't you know and there's so many problems that we're having like with water and the infrastructure and with immigration everything is so bad right now and we're we're trusting a very small handful of people and i feel like a lot of people have lost faith after this album you guys released honeydew which was a single and your first recorded release since the album what kind of updates and changes did you guys see to your sound between the album and the new single? Well, you know, when we recorded Performer, I feel like we were kind of thinking more about ourselves. I feel like I was being really selfish with my songwriting and not necessarily trying to write anything, you know, particularly poppy that somebody could latch onto easily. And so one of the things, the notes that I got from some friends was like, you know, I really like a lot of the songs on the album, but some of them are a little hard to, you know, wrap my mind around. And I think coming from a post-punk music background, to me, they weren't anything weird, but then also trying to mix that with pop music, um, some people just couldn't, they just didn't like it. So moving into the Honeydew thing, I wanted to do a pop song. I wanted to do something to, to kind of uh, flex that muscle, that pop muscle, and kind of see if people would respond to that more than they would respond to some of that post-punk stuff that we do. So when we released Honeydew and we got a lot of great responses from people, it just kind of informed us that like maybe we should stop being so self-indulgent and just write a good song, you know? What's the focus for Bundy in the near future? Are you guys starting to, to work on your next recorded release? Well, right now we're working on our podcast and we're doing the the video live stream of like live bands onto YouTube and stuff. So we're working on that. And that's that's taking a lot of work out of us, a lot of like planning with cameras and software and all this lighting and all this stuff. It's a lot of work. But at the same time, we're also working on writing for a new EP. We have two songs written now and uh, like two like legit songs. The one song we're actually been testing out live and I think people really like it, and it's great, you know. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're writing for a new recording, and hopefully that'll be out by, I don't know, I'm going to guess summer. Are there any other stories regarding the creation of the album that we might have missed? You know, we had a lot of great collaboration when we recorded the album. We, we invited a lot of different musicians in to help us record different little bits. On the song What Blood, I had Michael James Adams from uh, Fellow Robot come in, and he did some really freaking weird guitars man they were just like all over the place and like we we you know we mixed them into the song we made we blended them in and and if you listen closely you can hear like the weird sounds that you're getting you know like uh so that was wonderful and then i i really enjoyed having uh elena and vanessa come in and do the horns for us on uh, a lot you know a few of the songs in the album and that was really off the cuff too like we kind of had a general idea of what we wanted to do and elena was talking about maybe uh composing the horns beforehand but then we just didn't have time she didn't have time she had just gotten a job at, at uh, teaching kids so um she didn't have time so she ended up just coming in and i kind of told her what i wanted like feel the mood you know and she did it it was great fantastic you just listened to the whole way through on 99.1 klbp long beach public radio and streaming online at klbp.org this episode featured Bundy. If you liked what you heard, you can find them on Instagram at BundyLBC or on their website, BundyLBC.com. You can also find their music on Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, and wherever else you get your music. Did you know that Bundy has a podcast? 
It's called Bundy the Podcast, and each week they interview whatever musicians happen to be in the Bundy studios. You can listen to Bundy the Podcast wherever you're listening to this show right now. The Whole Way Through is a production of 99.1 KLBP Long Beach Public Radio and Newton's Dark Room. If you have an album and you're interested on being on the show, or if you'd like more information, please visit klbp.org for more info. Thank you.